Welcome to Accepted, Secrets of New York City School Admissions with Alina Adams, author of the ebook Getting into New York City Kindergarten. Hi, Alina. Hi, Vicki. I'm Victoria Chapman. I will be helping to facilitate this conversation. And Alina has all kinds of information about how to get into New York City schools. So first off, what's, why the podcast? What do we expect to learn? This podcast won't tell you everything you need to know by getting into New York City Kindergarten, because really nothing can tell you everything you need to know by getting into New York City Kindergarten. Everybody has different needs. Everybody has different concerns. Everybody's situation is unique. But what it will do is it will tell you things you didn't know you needed to know about getting into New York City Kindergarten. So now you've authored a book. Why do we need the podcast? Um, Is the book sufficient? Or the podcast sufficient, or do they complement each other? Why both? The book and the podcast are complementary. For one thing, the podcast will go into a lot more depth about some of the topics than the book could have. It will also have a Q&A component, where if you have a specific question, you can go to my website, alinaadams.com, and you can send me your question, and we can answer your specific question on the air. On the other hand, the book has aspects such as links to all the forms that you need in order to apply to kindergarten in New York City. It has links to Kindergarten Connect, which is the form for applying to your general ed zoned kindergarten. It has a link to the request for testing form, which is the form you need to fill out if you'd like your child to apply to gifted kindergarten. It has a link to the Charter Center, which this year the big news is there's going to be a common app for charter schools. So in the past you had to apply to each school individually. Now you're going to be able to do it through a common app. It also has a link to studies about issues that are very important to parents, such as is there actually an added value to a gifted program? What are the pros and cons of a single sex versus a co-ed school? What's a traditional school? What's a progressive school? At what age should my my child start kindergarten? Should I hold them back? There's been a lot of writing on the subject and you will have links to all of those studies so that you can decide for yourself. Okay, so obvious question. Who should be listening to this podcast? Who is this for? Well, most people would think that really only parents of four-year-olds who will be applying their child to kindergarten this year should be listening to this podcast. But here's the thing. The process of applying to kindergarten in New York City actually takes or starts 18 months before the day your child first walks through the door. So the fact that you're even thinking about it now in September of 2015, if your child is going to be going to kindergarten in September of 2016, you're already a little bit behind, but you're still ahead of most parents who think they have all the time in the world and don't even need to start thinking about it until the winter or the spring. So yes, parents of four-year-olds should absolutely be listening to this, but also parents of three-year-olds, because really the process starts in the spring and you want to start getting ready for that. But wait, there's more. Also parents of two-year-olds, because there's some things, like especially if you want to move or if you want to prep your child for a particular program, you should probably start thinking about it now. So it's really for parents of two, three, and four-year-olds in New York City and for their friends who want their uh, friends to not freak out as much as they're going to. So they can always say, you know what, I think I heard about this podcast. Why don't you go listen to that and calm down. Okay, so essentially, if you're the parent of a toddler, (laughs) (laughs) or thinking about getting pregnant, (laughs) (laughs) or thinking about getting pregnant, um, you not only should be listening, tell your friends, all your little child's playdate buddies, their parents, 
listen up, take notes. Or don't tell them, because then they'll know the same thing you do and you won't have an advantage. It's up to you. We won't tell. Okay. <laughs> so, Lena, first off, what's your background? Why should we listen to you? Well, I have three kids that have gone to kindergarten in New York City. The oldest is actually in high school now. He's in Stuyvesant High School. I've had kids in every conceivable type of program. I have kids in public school, private school, religious school, single-sex school, gifted school. I've done this from pretty much every angle. And at first, it was just a matter of giving advice to friends. People would come and ask me for advice, and I would tell them based on my experience and also based on what I knew. And then they wanted me to talk to more friends. So eventually I became the admissions consultant at River Park Nursery School and I would give getting into New York City uh, kindergarten workshops there. But then those got bigger and bigger. And now I'm actually giving workshops all over the city, including in Brooklyn and Manhattan, Upper East Side, Upper West Side, downtown. You can go to my website, alinaadams.com, and you can register for any of them. They're free. But the idea is that after doing all these workshops, there's just so much information that people would come up to me and they would say, I wish that I could have this all in one place because they actually look like I hit them on the head with a sledgehammer, like they're deer in the headlights because there's just such a huge information mm -hmm. dump. So people were begging me to write this all down in one place. So I ended up writing the book, Getting Into NYC Kindergarten, as a response to all the parents who really felt that after my talk, they needed it all sort of in, in concise form. Okay, so you wrote a book. Well, why is an ebook not a hard copy? I mean, yes, you say the links to the form, but you know, you could have put that on a disc or just sent it to a website. Here's something the New York City Department of Ed doesn't really want parents to know. They have a tendency to change their own rules and deadlines, sometimes in the middle of the process and without telling anybody. So, for instance, last year, the process for applying to dual language kindergarten literally changed in the middle of the process. And unless that you're someone like me who actually reads the DOE website every day, odds are you are not going to get that information. My goodness. So the ebook serves two purposes. One is every time there is a change, I can instantly go in and make the change in the book so that it's up to the minute, something that you just can't do with the print book. And the other thing is that... At the end of the book, there's a mailing list that if you subscribe to the mailing list, I will send you email updates telling you that things have changed. For instance, this year, Hunter College Elementary changed their deadline about when applications became available. So right away, I sent out an email to my subscribers, and they knew. Okay, so we've got the book, we've got the podcast, and we've got the newsletter. Um, and the workshops, don't forget the workshops. And the workshops, <laughs> and the workshops. So there's a lot of places to get information and there's clearly a lot of information to have so there you have it paraphrase from your book let's get started and freak everyone out let's first up kindergarten law we're going to dive into that in just a moment Welcome back to Accepted, Secrets of New York City School Admissions. I'm Victoria Chapman, and I'm here with Alina Adams, New York City Schools <laughs> Admissions expert extraordinaire. Uh, guru, whatever you need, she understands it, or she'll at least help you break it down. We just talked about the, the overviews of what this podcast is going to be about, but now we're starting to dive into it. The kindergarten law. What is it? 
Well, a couple of years ago, the law was changed, and now kindergarten is mandatory for all five-year-olds. That's a calendar year, which means it doesn't matter if your child was born on January 1st or December 31st. If that's the year that they turn five, that's the year that they should be in public kindergarten. Now, if you don't send them to public kindergarten, they're not going to come knock down your door and drag you out as being you know, vigilante uh, five-year-old's parents. But the fact is, in the past, because kindergarten was not mandatory, parents could be turned away. They could say, there's no room at our school, and since kindergarten isn't mandatory, we don't have to find you a spot. Now that kindergarten is mandatory, they must find your five-year-old a seat in a public school. But... It does not have to be your local public school, and it does not have to be a school that you like. Okay, so two things. One, it's not so much a man mandatory that your kid has to go to school. It's just mandatory that a school has to, or a place for your child has to be available if you decide to send them to kindergarten. Yes, but in theory, you could live on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and they could send you to the bottom of Brooklyn. Has that happened? Not that I'm aware of, but the way the law is written, it could. Okay, so that defies the first rule of real estate, location, location, location. Parents specifically look for school for homes that are in good school districts so their children can be close as well as well-educated. What's a parent to do? Well, yeah, there's a lot of parents who probably think, you know what, I am the greatest parent ever because I did my research, I found a public school that I loved, I checked out its zone. By the way, remember we talked about all those changes the DOA makes? They're also constantly rezoning, so don't assume that just because your neighbor went to this public school, you're still zoned for it. But let's say you've done your research, it's up to date, you've got an apartment, you are good. No. The fact is there are schools that are overcrowded and even people who are zoned for it have been turned away. This year it happened on the Upper West Side at PS199. It happened at some schools in Brooklyn. You are not guaranteed a spot at your local zoned public school. Okay, well, I take it there are waiting lists. What, and do those waiting lists sometimes open up? And if they do, how do you juggle your options because you're hedging your bets that you can hopefully get into your school of your choice, but you need to have a backup plan. Yes. Waiting lists do move. And in fact, this year at PS199, they opened up 12 more seats. There's six kindergarten classes, so that's two more kids in each class. But there were still kids left on the waiting list. So don't assume that it's a done deal. Look at all of your options. That's actually the one thing that I always stress. I always say you can't have school choice until you know all of your choices. And your choices beyond your zone school include things like gifted and talented programs, which are still sometimes limited by district, but some of them are citywide, which means they accept children from all over the city. You have private schools, which are in no way connected to your address. You have charter schools, which sometimes, again, have district requirements, but tend to be a little broader. And you have what's called unzoned schools, which are schools that, as the name suggests, have no particular zone. They're usually particular to a district and you can apply to those as well. Okay, now you said, okay, let's say you don't get into a, a, a school within your particular area of your zone. You're talking about five-year-olds. Are they really expecting you to truck your five-year-old possibly to the other end of the island? They do, island? and they won't provide bus service. Bus service, if you want to go to another borough, isn't available. They will take give you bus service within your uh, district, but they will not do it. And I know of families who, for instance, have children who go to a citywide gifted school in Brooklyn who live in New York City who are either taking the subway or sometimes parents do rent a private bus. But yes, um, you can be sent somewhere outside of your district and the city won't provide bus service. Okay. Um, now, I in, in your book, you mentioned something about a couple who 
New Jersey? No, that was a matter of them trying to get around the age limits. Uh, what happens is in New Jersey, the cutoff is October 1st. So if parents think that their child who has a birth date in October, November, and December is too young to go to kindergarten in New York City, what they might do is move to New Jersey for a year or two and then come back because after a few years, the school will honor the grade level, not the age. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to delve into that a little bit more. Okay, but then when you're looking for a school, what are some of the things that a, a parent should look for and consider for what's best for their child? Well, you know, as I always say, everyone asks me, what's the best school? And I say the best school is the school that's best for your child because different parents really have different priorities and what they consider is important. For some parents, it really is location, location, location. They love the idea of their child being a few blocks away. They love the idea of their friends being in the neighborhood. They love the idea of having a, a fellow parent who can run in and grab your kid. So that's the most important thing for them. For some people, it's academics. They want a school with high test scores. They want a school with a curriculum that's accelerated beyond what's just in a general ed kindergarten. Or the flip side of this, parents don't want to be in a school that stresses test scores. They want to be in a school that maybe stresses good citizenship or joy of learning or fellowship. It really comes up to what the parent thinks is the most important. Okay, so we know that we may not be able to get into our local school district. Um, we've sussed out a few options so we can navigate around if, if, if our school doesn't open up or whatnot and what we should look for in a school. When should we start this process? You mentioned age cutoffs. That sounds like it's a bit of a tricky subject. We're going to take a break. We'll get back, right, back to that when we come back. Welcome back to Accepted Secrets of New York City School Admission. I'm here with Lena Adams, author of the ebook Getting Into New York City Kindergarten. All right, Lena, we left off touching on the subject of age cutoffs and getting into kindergarten. What is this? What is the standard for this? Well, as I said in the beginning, in theory, if your child is born between January 1st and December 31st of the calendar year when they turn five, that is when they should be in public school kindergarten. However, there are a lot of parents who feel that their children born in September, October, November, and December who will be starting kindergarten before they turn five years old are too young to be in a structured formal school environment. Now, you can apply for a medical exemption. It especially works if you have uh, children who are born prematurely, so they're actually even younger than their calendar age. But those are very, very difficult to get. So when you asked at the beginning, what are we going to get from this podcast? What you're going to get from this podcast is workarounds to things that might not be an official part of the system. I'm going to tell you things that if you Google them, you're not going to get the DOE saying, yes, this is the formal process for holding your child back. Okay. But I am going to tell you things that have worked for other parents and ones that I've both worked with and ones that I just know about. So one of the ways that parents have gotten around these age cutoffs is, A, we talked about New Jersey moving to another city. That's a bit extreme. Some people will hold their child back from the year that they turn five and only bring them in at the very end of the kindergarten year, say in May. And then they'll say to the principal, well, obviously this child is not ready to be promoted to first grade, so please hold him back, quote unquote, 
for a year. Now, there's drawbacks to that because, A, you're risking the fact that there might not be a spot for your child when you come in May, and B, it means that you can't apply them to gifted and talented programs and other such things. Okay, so you're talking about uh, registering your child in May. You're essentially saying instead of registering your child when they turn... Before they turn five. The before, fall before they turn five. Instead of registering your child... I'm confused. Basically, um. <laughs> what it means is if your child is going to be four years old in September and you don't want them going to school that year, yes. you wait until the end of that school year in May when they've already turned five yes. and ask for them to be quote-unquote held back. Okay. Another option is to go with private schools because private schools have different age cutoffs than the public schools. Again, officially on paper, most private schools will tell you that their cutoff is September 1st. But the fact of the matter is, especially the more academically challenging private schools will want even children born in June, July, and August, especially boys, to wait an entire year and start kindergarten when they're six instead of when they're five. Now, what has happened is it becomes sort of an arms race, is that when people heard that June and July and August kids were being held back, they decided, well, I don't want my child to be the youngest in the class if they have a spring birthday. So now some parents are even holding back March kids. So kids born in March, April, and May are now being held back and starting kindergarten when they're six and a half. Again, just like with the New Jersey example, um, if you keep them in private school for a few years and then transfer them to public school, the school will honor the grade, not the age. Okay, so um, are there advantages to holding the child back, whether it's maturity or um, advantages to keeping them with their age group and, and not feeling like they're lagging their peers? Would, What's the pros? What are the cons? Well, as with all studies, anything you believe in, you can find data that will confirm your bias. Mm -hmm. For instance, you have, I believe it was Malcolm Gladwell's book on outliers where he analyzed data of kids who played hockey. And he found that the ones who were born in January and June, which were the oldest in their respective groups, um, tended to do better. So there were a lot of parents who decided they will hold their child back and have them be the strongest, the smartest, and presumably the most mature in the class. But there's also data that shows that there are some children who are on the younger end who actually benefit from being in a class with older children because it's constantly pushing them to perform at a higher level than they would otherwise. Okay, you bring that up. So what about if your child prior to age five, is precocious. Used to hanging out with their old siblings. Nobody cares. The DOE definitely doesn't care. Um, I, I never say never about New York City schools because, um, in a way, the other flip side of that is to say, this is New York City. We're used to getting anything we want, but the question is, how badly do you want it and how hard do you want to work for it? But... The fact of the matter is it is very, very difficult, if not utterly impossible, to get a child to start school early, no matter how precocious they are and how well they test. Because remember, this is New York City, where over a quarter of the kids test in the top 10th percentile. If your child tests in the 99th percentile, that's not impressing anybody. There's a thousand kids who qualify for about 250 seats in gifted uh, citywide programs. So if your child is brilliant at four, nobody cares. Okay, so you mentioned... Family in New Jersey, you know, were they trying to advance their child? Or no, they were trying to hold them back. Okay, well, what about the same thing with Rochester County, Hudson County, Rockland County? It's it, I mean, it could all work. You could definitely move and do that, but I don't, I mean, I personally wouldn't completely move and upend my life for my child's kindergarten education, but if you want to, yes, you definitely have options. Okay, um, so what about preschool? Um, 
Is it required? Is it recommended? Does it help you navigate in? Are there any schools that feed into the kindergarten system that kind of you have this year is the second year of universal pre-K, but actually getting into a school for universal pre-K does not in any way help you get into that public school. There are certainly private preschools that are known as feeders to some of the top private schools, but nothing is guaranteed. Okay. Which you are if you're just starting to think about this now. You probably think you're ahead of the curve because you're going, no, I mean, my kid doesn't start until next September. In fact, my kid has just started preschool last week. Um, if you're a parent behind the curve, what you really need to do is catch up. And by that, I mean really do your research. Again, in my book, Getting into NYC Kindergarten, you will find a lot of links to information that you need, such as about um, at schools that are ranking public schools, gifted and talented programs, charter schools, private schools. You really need to do your research. And the important reason is because right now in September, Hunter College Elementary, which is a public-private partnership, a school for the gifted under the auspices of Hunter College, has already put their application online and they're due in December. So if you want your child to apply, you've really got to get on the ball, get them tested, fill out all the paperwork. And the same thing with private schools. Most of them put their applications online after Labor Day. So if you want your child to go to a private school, you need to go ahead and book your appointment because there's going to be a lot. It's not just a matter of your child being tested. It's your child being interviewed. It's you you taking a tour, it's you being interviewed. Think about each one being about a half day off from work. You're usually told to apply to between eight and ten schools. That's a lot of work to be done between now and the new year. Okay, Alina, don't give away the farm. We're gonna go into those situations a little deeper next week. So thank you. Um What's the website again? What's the information they can get? You can go to alinaadams.com where you can both buy the book and you can sign up for my absolutely free Getting into New York City Kindergarten Workshops. They're scheduled all over the city. Find a date and a time that works for you. Okay, you've given us a lot. Uh, let's digest this and we'll see everybody next week. Thank you for joining us.